Praise the Lord, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Narda Goodson Ministries Teleconference. I am Narda Goodson, your host, and tonight I have an anointed word that I believe is going to transform your life if you apply the principles of God's word through faith and obedience. I've got to tell you all that the word of God works, but you got to work it. Amen. I pray that every week that you tune in, whether it's through the live or through the replay, because we'll always have a replay available. Um, I pray that you are being edified, that you are being educated, that you are being enlightened, empowered, amen, by, by these weekly teachings. You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's important that our channel stays in tuned to heaven's airways, amen. And, and the way we do that is by creating this constant burning atmosphere that makes room for his presence and his glory to come down, amen. You know, for those of you who, who were in love or have been in love or you have a husband or, you know, I, I, I'm a widow now, but you, when, when you're going to be intimate with your husband, you first create an atmosphere, right? And when you create that atmosphere, it, 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 it changes uh, from what was to what what's coming. And so for God to come down and for his glory to fill your room, to fill your temple, to fill your life, you've got to make room for him. You've got to make space for him. You've got to create that atmosphere, amen. And... Um, it's, it's powerful when, when you do because he comes in and he touches and he transforms your life. Amen. Uh, tonight, I titled uh, tonight's topic, Stay Focused. We are going to the other side. What do you do when unsuspecting trouble viciously knocks on the doors of your home? What do you do? when the inconceivable takes place and what you've never suspected, what you never expected, gruesomely and hauntingly now stares you in the face. Now what? My text will be taken from Luke chapter 8, 22 through 25, and I'll cross-reference with Matthew 8, 23 through 27 and Mark 4, 35 through 41. And it reads, now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, carest not thou that we perish? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the wind and water. And they obey him. Father, I thank you that even now you are a shield about me. You are the glory and the lifter of my head. I submit myself to your lordship and I invite you to take full control of this broadcast. Spirit of, Spirit of truth, speak 
tonight. Open our eyes and open our hearts to receive what you shall say to us. Speak into our situation. Come into our private chambers, into our personal space. Strip our dirty sheets. Tear off our filthy clothes and shake our lives. Shake it like a rug, God. We give you permission to enter into our secret place. Destroy the monuments and the barriers we've placed between you and us. Father, we thank you because you are the lifter of our heads today. And many are downcast and discouraged because of what has, what has hit their lives and, and what has hit their homes. They didn't see it coming, and now they have found themselves in a place they've never been, even to a place where their faith is being shaken and tested. But our faith must stand trial. It will have to pass through your holy, fiery furnace. Many tonight are in a storm, coming out of a storm, or about to enter a storm. And so we need to hear a word from you. Your word brings comfort. Your word brings healing. And it brings strength. And so we ask that tonight you fill every need. And so are our prayers, God. Somewhere somebody is silently struggling and suffering. I pray that our spiritual eyes be opened. That our spiritual ears will hear. And our mortal flesh be quickened by the power of your word. Lord, I bind the principalities and powers of the air. Subdue demonic interferences, influences, and interruptions working against the mind of your people. I come against witches and warlocks, soothsayers and naysayers, and declare every spell, every curse, every enchantment, every seduction, and I render you powerless. Release your anointing that will cause your people to be free from the spirit of fear tonight, God. Discharge your power from heaven and let it rain. Yes, God, let it rain on us today. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Well, what is a believer, a child of the Most High God, to do when tragedy comes riding in, parading his ugly, unsolicited, unwanted, and sometimes unwarranted drama? How are we to respond to the trials and these storms we face in our lives? Because when everything is going good, praise the Lord, hallelujah, but the same God that on the mountaintop. He is also the God in the valley. Jeremiah 29, 11 declares that God has thoughts and plans concerning our lives, and it is to give us an expected end. The expected end of the believer is a sure one. It is an established one, a fixed one. But there is a place while we are traveling through, through to our destination that is called the in-between. It is in the in-betweens of life, in the in-betweens of our journey from here to there, that we will experience the brunt and thrashing force of the winds of life. We will experience the pressing tension against our soul, yes. But the writer of 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8 wrote, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted but we're not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. And so God uses what we have to go through to grow us, to prune us, to teach us. And while he doesn't tell us the in-betweens of life, we are left to remain in a position of dependency, uh, of, of faith, of trust. And if you stay focused on the master, 
If you keep your eyes fixed on Yeshua, you will get to the other side. There are eight phrases in Luke chapter 8 that um, I would like to elaborate and place some emphasis on. And number one is found in verse 22. Yeshua said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And in the phrase, let us, there is there's the promise of divine presence. Yeshua said in Matthew 28, uh, in verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I will never leave you nor forsake you, but will go with you all the way, even to the end of the world. Hallelujah. Number two in verse 22, it says that they launched forth. Now, who knows that when man is about to embark on an adventure, whether it's a marriage, a new job, the birthing of a new ministry, you know, there's this strong sense. Y'all know, some of y'all, you know, y'all know about this. You were eager when you first started. There was a willingness, a zeal. There's this enthusiasm that kicks in, a determination that, you know, you're going to be all that God's called you to be. There's just this genuine, bona fide excitement, right? You see, the disciples started out with the master. They had the word in the boat with them, and their fellowship was sweet. Now, number three is things start to change in verse 23, as they sailed. And as they sail, speak of life as usual. It's calm, it's blissful, it's peaceful, it's predictable, it's comfortable. You know, things are going really good. But then it says, as they were sailing along, he. Now, who is he? Yeshua. It says, the word fell asleep. He went down to the bottom of the boat and went to sleep. Now, we know that that God never sleeps, okay? He, he doesn't slumber and he doesn't sleep. But it is possible while we are sailing along life's journey for the word to become unimportant to us. We all face the danger of treating the word lightly. And if we're not careful, that living vital word can become dormant in our lives. Now, notice that it is when the Lord, you know, the Lord is the word. Yeshua is the word, right? The word is asleep, and that's when the storms come. In Luke 15 and verse 4, when the prodigal son has spent all he had, then the famine came upon him. And so one of the first lessons we learn is that storms are a part of life. We're not going to get through this life, guys, without facing some storms. And secondly, Satan is always watching for us to become slothful and careless concerning the word of God. Because he knows that the only thing that can defeat him is the word of God. But you must remind him that it is written. Amen? First John 5, 4 states, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But there is no faith about the word of God. But if I don't know what has been written, then I am in trouble. Because when the test comes, I won't know what to do. I won't know what to say. And so your, the word is your sword. So, you see, it's one thing to admire the word of God and even appreciate it and even mentally assent to its validity. 
But it is another thing entirely when the word of God is the only thing that is standing between you and your crisis, you and your enemies, you and that sickness, you and that negative report. Isaiah 53 and verse 1 says, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? You see, in every situation, there are two reports. One, there's man report, and two, there's God's report. And number four, the disciples were in a state of crisis. In verse 33 of Luke 8, the ship was filled with water, and they were in jeopardy. These guys were in trouble. And then Jesus is down at the bottom, and he's sleeping. Has your life ever been filled with trouble? It could be a financial dilemma. It can be a, a marriage crisis, a business crisis, children crisis. Life can throw us such a devastating blow that if it wasn't for the, you know, the but God, you would have been pulled already and dragged by the undercurrents of the sea down to drown in your despair. Now, look, there's some of us, we would have been left an emotional basket case already and a newfound resident of the psychiatric ward. But God, I know some of you know about that, but God. Some of us would have been serving prison for committing crimes of passion. Oh, yeah, but God. Their lives were in danger due to the perilous condition of the storm. And how they respond would determine the outcome of their survival. I'm going to say that again. How they respond would determine the outcome of their survival. How you respond will determine the outcome of your survival. And it's sad that many times the word doesn't become important to us until it's a matter of life and death or when we are faced with losing our homes or our businesses or even when our marriages or relationships are on the rock. Storms come to everyone. No one is exempt from storms. But the only question is how will you face them? How do you stay focused on Yeshua? How do you stay focused on the word? How does one maintain a steady course? How do, you, how do you maintain your sanity when everything is beating upon your ship, when the water is filling up in your boat? There's no denying it. You, you can feel the water. It's coming up, and, and some of you don't even know how to swim. At least some of us, we, we know how to swim. We can jump into water and kind of swim. We might still drown because, you know, but imagine if you don't even know how to swim. Number five, your attitude toward the word is going to determine your altitude in the word. I'm going to repeat that. Your attitude toward the word is going to determine your altitude in the word. In Luke 8, 21, Jesus uttered, My mother and my brethren are they who hear the word and do it. My mother and my brethren, my people, are those who hear, not only hear the word, but they also do it. So there's an action that has to take place. You hear it, and then you take action. When you are linked to the word, you are attached to the right source. When you are an ally of the word, you are connected to purpose, you are connected to power, and you are connected to your promise. You see, the lesson Yeshua would have us all learn is that the word works, but you have to work it. You see, the disciples, they had seen the master who was the word in flesh. They saw him heal the sick. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him, oh, my gosh, cast out devils. 
But this particular time, on this certain day, he wanted them to learn how to do the word for themselves. To do the word is to live beyond the dictates of life circumstances. It, 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 it has to go beyond what you see. To do the word is to respond like God told you the truth even when it looks like he didn't, if that makes sense. So, so when that fear comes knocking at your door, you let faith answer it. And when pressure comes to hang on your doorstep, guess what? You let praise respond to it. And when worry wants to flood your boat, guess what? You let worship drown it. Doing the word does not ignore your situation. It only looks beyond them to something bigger and something greater. Glory to God. It looks against the odds, and it declares uh, Philippians 4.13, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. It maintains a steadfast and unmovable, unshakable fortitude in the word. When the scene first opens, let us go to the other side was Yeshua's opening statement. And he didn't fumble with his words. He didn't hesitate. He was declaring the last to be the first because he is the first and the last. He's the alpha and the omega. He was declaring the end and the beginning because he is the beginning and the end. Amen? If the disciples had been doing the word, when the storm came, they would have been filled with faith rather than fear. They would have responded just like their teacher. But instead, they panicked and became fearful. And we want to get rid of that spirit of panic tonight. Every time you hear something negative, it's like you start to shake and, and your whole world starts to crumble. And you forget everything that you've learned, it just goes out the window. It's time to get a hold of your emotions. Amen? And so now we see the disciples scurrying like little scared rabbits. And moving from, they move from a place of panic, but guess what? They go to wake the word up. So they weren't too dumb after all. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Number six, they woke up the word. They woke up Yeshua. In your crisis, that's what you have to do. You must stir up the word within you. For you and me today, for you, uh, uh, th th what this means is we need to activate the word. We activate it by reading it, by confessing it, by declaring it, and praising God according to what has already been written in the Holy Scrolls about who you are and about your circumstances. If you need healing, guess what? Pull out those scriptures that concerning healing and start declaring it. If you need finances, guess what? The, there are scriptures for finances. Pull out those scriptures. See, that's your ammunition, but we're not using our ammo. And so the enemy defeats us because we're not using our sword. And in verse 24, this is phrase number seven, it says that the word arose and rebuked the wind and raging water. Now, raging means intense. It means something is intense, it's violent, it's furious. He rebuked the wind and water and they ceased. And after he did that, the Bible says there was a great calm. And then he says to them, what? Why, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? In other words, he was saying, where's your faith? Why didn't you stay focused on me? Why didn't you stay focused on, on, on all the things that I have taught you? I've modeled it for you. What Yeshua was really saying was this. 
I told you we were going over to the other side. And you had everything you needed to deal with anything that got in your way. You had my word, and if you had really believed my word, you would have rebuked the storm yourself. Imagine that. Are you staying focused on the word? Where is your focus? Is it in, is it in the, the fair, uh, peaceful conditions of the weather? Is it in the boat? Is it in your own abilities? Is it in other people? Listen carefully, friends, and attend to my words. Let your hearts incline to the words of my saying. Some of you are facing dire and grave circumstances. You've managed to get through many storms in life before, but this one, this particular storm, this one right here right now, has driven your heart, has driven your mind, your emotion, and your faith to a place you've never been to, and you feel like you're drowning. Oh, hallelujah, but God has sent this ship. He has sent this ship tonight. And it has docked at your port. And I've come to pick you up. For others that are lost at sea, this vessel has seen your SOS. You've been floating and drifting, being tossed to and fro by the waves because you fell off your boat of faith. I've also come. I've also come by for you. I've come to pick you up. And I want you to take my hand tonight by faith and allow me to get you back on board. Let me help you bring you to the place where you lost the accent, the cutting edge of your faith that has now been replaced with anxiety and fear. Let me redirect you to the compass of the word. Amen. Because you see, Legion is waiting on the other side. Legion is hoping that you will abandon ship, that you will forfeit your calling. He's betting on you, giving up and quitting. You want to know why? Because he's got some stolen goods. He's got stolen treasure. And he's holding captives in captivity. He's got them dwelling in caves, cutting themselves. He's got them alone, beat down, bruised, and tormented. How many people do you know along life's way that fits this, this description? You see, the storm, it came to prevent you from gaining access to more territory. It came to stop you from reaching more souls. But see, you have to be the first partaker of whatever you're going to preach and teach. You've got to walk it out. You've got to live through it first. That's why the storm came. But you don't have to fear the storm because the storm, guess what, guys? It's your classroom. It's where you will take your test. The sound of the wind, the forces of the waves, they're all classroom props. Just keep your eyes steady and focused on the master. I promised you, he's never lost one yet. You see, our destination has already been determined. But we, we must be determined to reach our destination. So get on board and let us go over to the other side. Once again, Father, I have delivered your word to your people. I have obeyed, obeyed your voice. Now, mighty God, that you are sanctified them through your truth, for your word is truth. 
Let your word continue to fall on good ground so that we can produce more fruit, more fruit. I don't ever want to close this program without extending an invitation to pray for anyone who wants to be reconciled to God the Father. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Friend, tomorrow is not promised to any of us, and our sins is what keeps us separated from God. Yeshua said, I am the door to the Father. No man comes to the Father except through me. Salvation is a gift. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. It is a gift given by God through his Son. If you would like to receive Yeshua into your heart tonight, please pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of your Son, Yeshua. Your word says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I am calling on you right now. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash and cleanse me in your blood. I ask you to to come into my heart and be Lord over my life. And according to your word, I now confess with my mouth the Lord Yeshua and believe in my heart that you have raised him from the dead. I confess and declare that Yeshua is Lord of my life. I thank you for the gift of salvation through the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. And by faith, I now receive this gift of eternal life. In Yeshua's name, I am saved. Amen and amen. If you have prayed this prayer, I want to welcome you to the family of God. This is the beginning of a new journey, a new road that you're going to be on, a new you. We would love to connect with you. Please use the contact links on our social media pages or our website at nardagutson.com to let us know your testimony and how this ministry is influencing your life. To learn more, please visit www.nardagutson.com. Thank you for tuning in to Nardagutson Ministry Teleconference. I am Narda Gutson, your host. Be sure to tune in next week at 9 p.m. Central Time for another powerful, life-changing, burden-removing, yoke-destroying, anointed Word of God where Yeshua is Lord and of His kingdom there shall be no end. Good night.